and welcome to yet another episode of the Jewelry Podcast, a podcast where we talk about fine jewelry and gemstones in a simple way and break away from the norms and traditions that have tainted an industry previously weighed down by tradition. My name is Cecilia and I am not only your host, I am also the founder and designer of the Swedish fine jewelry brand Mumbai Stockholm. One of the most common questions we get from customers after they purchase a piece of jewelry from us is how do I take care of my jewelry? And therefore I thought, why not make a podcast episode about it? There are multiple factors that affect how a piece of jewelry gets worn. Firstly, the metal, that is the gold, silver or platinum, can become matte or scratched and loses luster and shimmer. And there are a few ways to prevent this. It is actually quite simple, so I will go through it in this episode. But then we have the gemstones. How do you prevent them from getting worn? And this is a bit trickier. It is kind of like trying to give general washing advice for all types of clothes. You can't treat an opal and ruby the same way. The same way you can't treat your silk delicates the same way you treat your vintage Levi's 501. But then it gets even more complicated because there might also be some difference between how you can treat two different stones of the same kind. You cannot treat a low-quality ruby the same way you treat a high-quality one. You may have heard that low-quality rubies with a lot of inclusions, naturally occurring microcracks, are filled with glass before they are sold on the retail market at a lower price. Our resident jewelry expert Johannes, who might appear in a guest episode tried putting one of these glass-filled rubies in a bowl filled with lemon juice as an experiment to see how durable they were. After a while, he noticed that tiny white lines appeared on the ruby where the lemon juice, a natural acid, had penetrated the cracks, causing the glass to slowly dissolve. So what wouldn't affect a high-quality ruby at all can completely destroy a low-quality ruby. And you can't always be sure that you didn't buy one of these lemon rubies if you as an individual bought it on the internet from a private seller or from some random jewelry store. And glass fillings are just one example of treatments that natural gemstones can undergo, which completely alters the conditions within the stone. But then... How do I as an individual know that I am buying a high quality gem that won't get destroyed because I drop it in my glass of afternoon lemonade? My first and most important piece of advice is, apart from you feeling that you trust the seller, you can do an intellectual experiment and say to yourself, do I trust this person with my child or my dog? If the answer is yes, Chances are you will end up with a pretty good gemstone. But the other is to look at the price of a stone. High quality gemstones are expensive, even for us as a retailer. And you do get what you pay for. So if the price seems too good to be true, it probably is. This actually makes me both proud and happy to say, because unlike in the clothing business, 
in the fine jewelry business, price very often equals quality. I may live in a one-bedroom apartment that I rent, eat vegetarian food that is way cheaper than expensive cuts of meat and fresh seafood, but I am very good at treating myself when it comes to clothing. Since I was a little kid, I have had a genuine interest in style and fashion, and less than a year ago, I bought an oversized Japanese hoodie from my favorite boutique here in Stockholm. That cost more than some of our smaller but still sapphire rings. It was a hoodie in washed black cotton, and I loved it so, so much. Of course, I was super careful with it, as you would be, and washed it in a 40-degree delicate cycle. And almost all the color disappeared. It was now a pale gray and looked worn and dingy rather than stylish. So I went back to the store, but apparently it was hand wash only. Maximum 30 degrees. Massive face palm moment right there. But I mean, haven't we all bought a pair of light suede ballerina flats or pumps for the summer to then say after the first day of wear, never pale suede again? But, as I said, with jewelry, it is completely the opposite. With some very few exceptions, the higher the price of a piece of jewelry, the higher the quality and the more you can wear it. And this is something I really love about jewelry. If they are high quality, you don't have to be afraid to wear them. But unfortunately, the common conception is the complete opposite. The more expensive a piece of jewelry is, the less you dare to wear it, kind of like with clothes, and the more time you spend on vacation looking for that cheap ruby ring. I'm not saying you shouldn't, because it is amazing to come home with a piece of jewelry as a token to remind you of the vacation. But you should be mindful that all rubies weren't created equal, even if they are technically natural rubies. But now that I have spent some time on this caveat that sort of morphed into the intro of this episode, I want to move on to some more general pieces of advice. Of course, I can't give you advice for specific pieces of jewelry, but I can share my experience of the precious metals and gemstones I have used during my seven years in the business. Perhaps my advice will be different in a year or 10 when we know more and have expanded our range to include even more fabulous sparkling gemstones. We have spent a fair bit of time talking about how long different gemstones will last in this jeweler podcast, especially in episode four. But to give you a quick recap, the durability of a gemstone is primarily measured in three ways. Resistance to scratches which is the hardness, how easy it chips or cracks if it is subjected to impact, which is the brittleness, and finally, how well it maintains its color over time. This is called stability. And stability has to do with how porous a stone is. For example, an opal is very porous, like a sponge, and then it is very easy for moisture and chemicals to penetrate the stone and change its appearance. So if you Google opal wedding ring, most hits will be for why you shouldn't do it. An opal simply isn't recommended in jewelry that you wear all day, every day. So 
If you are thinking of putting an opal in your wedding ring or in one of your staple pieces, you have to take into consideration that you might have to change the stone every fifth to eighth years because it has become discolored. Emerald is also a stone that is susceptible to penetration of various substances, not because it is porous, but because it often has inclusions. So emeralds, you have to give extra TLC and be extra careful with when wearing. This is, as you might notice, a quite complex subject. And what I will talk about now is how you can take care of your new, non-vintage, fine jewelry with hard, durable gemstones. Which gemstones I allude to as durable ones, with a hardness of at least 7.5? You might know if you listened carefully to episode 4, but I'll go through them once again. It is natural diamonds, sapphires, rubies, topazes, spinels, morganites, aquamarines, heliodors, and tourmalines. All of these gemstones I have used for many years, and I feel confident giving advice about them based on my experiences with Mumbai Stockholm, my jeweler brand, (laughs) for those of you who didn't know. Uh, If you have really been paying attention, you might have noticed that I didn't mention chrysoberyl, which is a hard gemstone. But that is not one that we have used, so that is why I am excluding it. But if you have one and have used it frequently in a piece of jewelry, or if you are a goldsmith or stonesetter that works a lot with chrysoberyls, please, you are super welcome to reach out and share your experience to me. Then I can share it here in the podcast. Another gem that is hard and that I also didn't mention is emerald. But that is like we spoke about before, because it has so many natural inclusions and is a very brittle stone. Therefore, it needs to be taken care of differently from the others. I said it before, but I will say it again. What I will talk about now does not apply to the following types of jewelry. Old vintage or antique jewelry, jewelry with organic gemstones like pearl or coral, Jewelry with soft and brittle gemstones like opal. Jewelry with synthetic gemstones. Or pieces with low quality stones that have undergone a lot of post-mining treatment. Like the glass rubies we talked about before. And of course not gold plated jewelry. So why not? Well, in general, you have to be a lot more careful with old vintage and antique jewelry. Because they can be worn and not fit for everyday use. Jewelry with synthetic or heavily treated gemstones, you cannot be quite sure how they have been processed and how they will react to different situations. Pieces with organic gemstones, gemstones made from living organisms, are both soft in themselves and are often set in jewelry using glue that can dissolve during cleaning. For example, that is the case with rings with pearls. Jewelry with soft stones like opal can be extra sensitive to moisture, perfume, hairspray and other chemicals. Custom jewelry perhaps can't stand water because it will cause it to rust and so on. Generally, 
I want to advise you to always check with the store where you bought your jewelry for specific care instructions. This podcast is all about spreading knowledge, but there are a lot of exceptions out there. So you should still consult your goldsmith or place of purchase before following the advice I give you in this episode. View this episode rather as a source of inspiration and knowledge. But this is something that we get a lot of questions about, so I wanted to make an episode about it. And I would like you to think of this episode as a basic introduction. Let's call it Find Jewelry Maintenance 101, if you will, to how you can take care of your jewelry collection. And just to be clear, I will say it again. As long as they meet the following criteria. They are relatively new, modern pieces of fine jewelry with hard, at least seven and a half on most scale, stable gemstones of high quality without too many inclusions that haven't undergone a lot of post-mining treatment. And despite that this, how to care for your jewelry is one of the most common questions we get It is perhaps only one in 10 customers or less that actually asks the question. Because once you get to bring that jewelry box home, you have achieved your goal to finally wear that bling. Maintenance is probably the last thing on your mind when you get your ring. The only thing you do is admire the beauty, how much the gemstones sparkle, and how to put together the ideal outfit to go with it. You might even sleep with it on. I know I have when I have gotten a new stunner that I absolutely love. You just want to make it a part of yourself and treat it with the utmost care. But then time goes by and things return to normal. You go shopping and you put on your mittens at least if you are in Sweden, (laughs) you go grocery shopping, you cook dinner and perhaps make a mess when you dress the salad, you do the dishes and walk the dog, you pick up your guitar or your dumbbells, perhaps you start a painting during lockdown and have a newfound affinity for oil paint, or you go to the mountains to go ski touring for the first time and bake bread when you come back down because you can't go to an after ski. You sleep and take naps. Once the temperatures allow it, you go skinny dipping and walk barefoot in the grass. You finally get to harvest what you planted earlier in the year. You play with your kids or with your nieces and nephews. In short, life goes on as it should. But you also realize that your ring isn't quite as sparkly as it used to be. What happened and what can you do about it? Well, life happened as it does. And jewelry is meant to be worn on all your adventures, big and small. Some of us wear our jewelry constantly and never take it off. Others are the exact opposite and keep their treasure safe and secure in a closed jewelry box because they don't dare to wear it. My two cents on the matter is don't be afraid to wear your jewelry. Jewelry is meant to be worn. Rings come alive sitting on a finger on display for everyone to see. That is when they are the most beautiful. Just make sure you get proper insurance with extra cover to include your jewelry and make sure to check what the cover is and how big the deductible is. Then live a little. If you don't have the time to listen to the full episode and have to turn it off now, that is the one thing I want you to take with you. Jewelry is meant to be worn. And now 
I am going to let you know exactly how you best take care of your precious jewelry so that it will last and stay beautiful and sparkling for a lifetime. I will teach you how to store your rings during the night, if you can shower with it, and how you can clean your jewelry at home. We will also talk about how often you should hand in your jewelry to the studio for checkup and maintenance, and what is done during one of these visits. Lastly, I will reveal the most common accidents that can happen to your jewelry when you're wearing it and what you can do about it. Almost everything is fixable. For example, a stone that falls out of its setting. But we will also discuss the cases that aren't fixable, like when a gemstone loses its color. Then you have to exchange the stone and how you can avoid these so-called mission impossibles. We have heard horror stories about when people have gone to their local corner jewelry shop to have their pieces cleaned, to have them returned almost destroyed. One of our repeat clients in southern Sweden had a green tourmaline in a ring that got all matte and lost its color after she handed it in to a goldsmith. Then she sent it up to our studio in Stockholm and we had to exchange the stone for a new one. We still don't know what that goldsmith did to the stone, but it goes to show how little people actually know, even the people in the business, about jewelry and gemstone maintenance, especially when it comes to stones other than diamonds, because diamonds are, as you know, extremely durable and can handle almost anything And that is why it is a good idea to learn how to take care of your jewelry yourself. And when it is time for a service or checkup, approximately every other year, you will hand in your jewelry to someone you trust, preferably where you bought it. Okay, so I think it is time to simply go through a week in the life of your jewelry, kind of like the secret life of pets, but rather the secret life of Sparkle. Now, this blockbuster is staring fine jewelry, that is jewelry made from precious metals, gold, silver or platinum, and is not just gold-plated, that has real natural gemstones. It starts with you picking up your new ring and taking it home. It sparkles and is all kinds of absolutely gorgeous, and you want to make it the star of your life and wear it all the time. And you can, with a few small exceptions. We will now go through four common situations when you should take off your darling ring. When you are working out with weights, do more intense, violent kind of workouts, or just lift real heavy stuff, like moving the couch around in the living room. Because intense and heavy pressure can deform the band and damage the prongs that hold the stones. Worst case, the entire setting can get misaligned. Remember, gold is a very soft metal, softer than both iron and steel. Number two. You should also take off your ring when you are out creating magic in your garden or on your balcony without gloves. Because it can be really tricky to clean the dirt off And if there are small pebbles in the dirt, they can scratch the gold and cause it to lose its luster quicker. Three, 
when you are getting your hands dirty with sticky or smudgy stuff, like dough or clay, you should also take your ring off. Mainly because it is a total pain to get it clean and get the residue out from underneath the prongs and stone. 4. Also, leave your ring on dry land when you go swimming. Mind you, not in a rock crevice like I did, but somewhere safe. And this is simply because fingers get slippery when wet and can actually shrink an entire size from the cold water so that it's really easy for you to lose your ring without even noticing. And what about washing your hands? Mind you, this drama is set during a pandemic. Of course we're going to have a scene where you wash your hands. We'll get to the hand sanitizer later on. You wash your hands a fair few times during a day, and we speak from experience when we say that it is risky business taking your rings off every time you do it. We have more than one customer who has forgotten their rings in a public bathroom. Wearing your jewelry when you wash your hands or take a shower is actually a good idea because your jewelry, just like you, need to get clean every now and then. Just make sure you rinse your hands properly so that there aren't any soap suds left because then the stone will become dull and sad looking and we can't have that. As I mentioned, we live in the age of the hand sanitizer. It's good for killing germs, but is it good for your jewelry? Of course, I cannot know what brand of hand sanitizer you use and what chemicals go in it. Chemicals in particular can damage stones. But I use normal hand sanitizer a few times a day. And that works for both me and my rings. I know that silver in particular has a tendency to react when it comes into contact with certain chemicals. And we had one of our goldsmiths have her silver rings go dark from hand sanitizer. But when she changed brands, the silver didn't change color. So if you notice that your silver rings go dark from hand sanitizer, try a different brand. The darkness is also very fixable and goes away if you hand your rings in for a polish. So now that you know when you can't wear your jewelry, you also know that you can wear them at almost all other times. And this is the beauty, pun intended, of fine jewelry. They can be redesigned, repaired and polished over and over again. And most things that go wrong can be fixed by a trip to a goldsmith and the jewelry will look like new. You might have to pay a bit of money, which is why you want to avoid it. But the fact is that many goldsmiths make their living from repair work and maintenance. And often, all you need is a blowtorch to mend a broken piece. I want you to wear your jewelry every day, if they are made for it. But if you do wear your jewelry every day, you also have to take care of it. And by the way, even if you don't wear your jewelry and just keep it at home, you still need to be mindful of how you store your collection. Which brings us to the next part of this diamond drama. Taking care of your jewelry. What does that mean? On a general level, it is about cleaning. Make a habit of cleaning your jewelry every week. More than the rinse they get when you wash your hands, that is. This is most efficiently done using a bowl of steaming hot water, 
detergent and a soft bristle toothbrush. Simply put the jewelry into the bowl of water where you have already added some detergent and let them soak for a few minutes. Then you brush every piece with a toothbrush and make sure to pay extra attention to the setting. That is where a lot of dirt gets caught. When you are done, rinse with water and leave on a kitchen towel to dry. If you want, you can finish off by polishing every piece with a polishing cloth. The jewelry might not look quite like new, but they will be a lot more shiny and sparkling after this. So, what are the advantages of looking after your jewelry? Well, like all other maintenance, you avoid layers of dirt building up over time. A few minutes of cleaning per week will save you from having to take them to the studio quite as often and the obvious fact that you will have prettier and more sparkling jewelry to wear. The same goes for cars, by the way. If you wash them every fortnight, you can avoid rust, asphalt stains and a world of trouble. If you do this weekly, cleaning your jewelry, not the car that is, it is enough to hand in your jewelry to the studio for professional cleaning approximately once per year, or that is our recommendation. The best thing is if you can hand it in where you bought it or to our showroom if you have Mumbai jewelry. A professional cleaning usually only takes a few minutes. We put the jewelry in an ultrasonic bath that gives the entire ring a thorough deep cleanse. And after that, you will notice the jewelry really looking like new. Not all gemstones can handle this ultrasonic bath. And then you might need a different type of cleanse. And this is why you need to be careful about where you hand in your jewelry and only work with someone who is used to working with the kind of stones you have in your pieces so that you don't have one of those disasters like the client we spoke about earlier. It is also a good idea to hand in your jewelry, not only for cleaning, but also for a general service at regular intervals like you would your car. We recommend every other year. Then the jewelry won't only get cleaned, it will also be looked over to check that all the settings are intact and don't have any damaged prongs or things like that. So if something needs to be mended or fixed, this is when it happens. If you don't do it, you risk losing stones or having to do more extensive repairs in the future. Again, very similar to a car service. In the studio, they also polish the gold so that it becomes shiny and looks like new again. You will notice the biggest difference on plain bands without gemstones. Because it is often the gold that wears the most, because it is softer than the gemstones. And it is the part of the jewelry that takes most of the damage during everyday use, getting scratched by everything from keys to door handles. And it is only when you polish the gold that you get rid of the micro scratches and you get back that shine and luster the ring had when it was new. Taking care of your jewelry is not only, though, about keeping it clean. It is about keeping your jewelry away from situations where they might get damaged or scratched and keep their luster and shine, leading us into the topic of how you should keep it safe. 
when you aren't wearing it. If you have silver or white gold jewelry, keep it away from moisture, preferably in a beautiful jeweler box on your bedside table. Because silver and white gold can react and change color if exposed to moisture or chemicals for extended periods of time. A piece of silver jewelry that is stored in a moist environment, like a bathroom, will turn bark gray quickly. A process called oxidation, which is accelerated by moisture. So the best way to store silver jewelry is actually in a plastic Ziploc bag, away from the oxygen and moisture. Without oxygen, no oxidation, and the silver will remain a silver color. Red and yellow gold does not get affected by this process. And to avoid scratches, please make sure to store your fine jewelry on a soft surface, like velvet or in a jewelry box. Make a habit of carrying around a travel case or a small silk bag in your handbag that you can put your jewelry in if you need to take it off during the day. That also means you always know where you have it. And don't keep your jewelry jumbled up so that the individual pieces touch each other. Because different gemstones are of different hardness and will scratch each other. For example, your sapphire will scratch your topaz and your diamond will scratch the sapphire because the diamond is harder than a sapphire which is harder than a topaz. It's like a vicious scratch circle. So keep your darlings apart. This is why most jeweler boxes have separate trenches so that the rings can easily be kept apart when stored. And finally, remember that dirt, pollution and chemicals from things like perfume also can damage your jewelry. How it affects a certain piece depends on the metal and the type of gemstone. Jewelry can also react to your skin or rather the things you put on your skin. So a good rule is to not spray perfume in places where you wear jewelry. Because different gemstones and different metals react differently to things, the best thing is if you store them in the same protective way to ensure they all stay beautiful for a long time. Finally, I thought that we go through a few of the most common issues that can happen to your jewelry and what to do about it. These are all things that have happened to customers. A prong in a solitaire setting is bent out of place. No stress. Your ring was probably exposed to some impact, but we can easily bend it back in the studio. Or a stone falls out of an intern the band. Again, no drama. You probably just carried something heavy or nicked it against a hard surface, damaging one of the teeny tiny claws that hold the diamonds, causing one of them to fall out. We can easily replace the stone in the studio. Many people think that it is the stone that has broken. But often it is that gold that has been torn off. Given that gold is that much softer than all stones we use, that is far more likely. And here are things that many people worry about and how to solve it. That a larger stone falls out of its setting. 
This happens very rarely. And if it does, you need to bring the ring back to where you bought it. Something is probably wrong with the setting. Forgetting the ring in the locker room at the gym. Solution. Always have a designated spot for your rings in your bag. And always carry a small travel case or a silk bag with you to store your jewelry in exactly these type of situations. I do. Otherwise, it is impossible to keep track of your sparkle. And yes, I have lost rings at the gym twice just because I didn't stick to the designated ring storage spot. And with that said, always ask for the specific care instructions for your jewelry in the shop where you bought it. The store is responsible for giving you the correct instructions. I really do hope that this episode has motivated you to take care of your jewelry so that they will look just as nice as time goes by and also that you feel confident enough to wear your jewelry every day. That is when jewelry is the most beautiful, when it's being worn. A huge thanks for joining me today for this episode. This is the podcast where we talk about fine jewelry in a simple way. And if you feel like you have learned something from the podcast and want to give back, I would be super grateful if you wanted to rate the podcast in your podcast player of choice. Give it as many stars as you think it deserves. And also, if you want to keep posted about when we release a new episode, hit the subscribe button. It helps us reach new listeners and grow our audience so we can keep recording the podcast. Follow us where it suits you, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Acast. And if you had any questions or thoughts about this episode, do slide into our DMs, either to me, the jewelry designer, or to the Jewelry Podcast's own Instagram, Jewelry Podcast. And don't forget, you deserve fine jewelry. Thank mm-hmm. you.